Well, I'm going to start with uh, a reference to William Carey uh, on the uh, on Wednesday, the 30th of May, 1792. The shoemaker preached one of his most influential sermons, and in that sermon, he challenged his hearers to expect great things from God and to attempt great things for God. This humble cobbler, as he called himself, had taught himself Hebrew, Italian, Dutch and French, whilst making and mending shoes. And he was burdened for the unsaved. The challenge and purpose of his sermon was to rouse the church of his day from its complacency and its failure in regard to foreign missions, its failure in its commitment to the Great Commission. His point was quite simple, that Christians weren't attempting great things for God because they didn't expect great things from God. They didn't expect God to do great things in them or through them. Now, we may know that God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine. But are we actually asking or imagining? I wonder if some of our churches expect that God will actually do much at all. William Carey challenged the church to think bigger and expect more from God. And as we do that, we will step out in faith and take risks for the cause of Christ and be bold in his service. And I want to dwell on that subject of holy boldness this morning for the remainder of our time. I want to begin with a a well-known passage of scripture, uh, 1 Samuel 17, and the account of David and Goliath. David had arrived on the scene of the battle, which wasn't going too well for the Israelites. David's oldest brother, Eliab, had burned with anger against him, tried to put him down. King Saul told him he was only a boy, he wasn't able to go out against this Philistine, Goliath. And so in 1 Samuel 17, 34, we read these words. David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. David had a holy boldness as he approached this giant of a warrior who had cursed him in the name of his gods. And in verse 45, we read, Then David said to, to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, 
but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will give you into my hand and I will strike you down and cut off your head. I will give the dead bodies of the hosts of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the, of the earth and all the earth may, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not by sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hand. And we all know how the battle ended and how David's boldness was infectious amongst the Israelite army. I'd like just to share four short passages in the New Testament that speak of boldness. And the first follows a prayer meeting with Peter and John in the early church in, in Jerusalem. It comes from Acts 4.31. And when they had, had prayed, the place in which they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. The second passage is right at the end of the, uh, the book of Acts, and uh, it's from chapter 28, verse 30. He, that is Paul, lived there in Rome two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, welcoming, oh, sorry, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Thirdly, at the close of the book of Ephesians, Paul is encouraging believers to pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then in, that's in Ephesians 6.18, and then in verse 19, he says this, he actually asks for prayer for himself and pray also for me that, the, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Now, I don't think many of us would think that Paul lacked boldness, but he asked for prayer for boldness. And the final passage on this theme is to Corinthians chapter 3, where Paul compares the ministry of condemnation under Moses that God has brought to an end with the permanent ministry of the Spirit in the gospel age. And he says there in uh, chapter 3, verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Now, there are many references besides these four, and there are other words that carry the meaning of boldness uh, that are translated at, such as openly or freely or plainly. But I've purposely chosen these four amongst many others of the, of the same word because the word interpreted bold, boldly or boldness means confidence. And the apostles proclaimed boldly, they proclaimed confidently. And the hope that we have makes us bold, it makes us confident. Now the challenge for us today as we pray for a revival in God's church 
and opportunities to share the good news of Jesus with those around us is not to put the word self in front of confidence. That's our natural tendency, but it's not self-confidence that we need. We need a greater vision of God. The apostles weren't self-confident. David facing Goliath wasn't self-confident. Our boldness and our confidence must be in the Lord alone. For certainly the arm of flesh will fail us every time, no matter whose arm it is. Remember William Carey's exhortation, expect great things from God and attempt great things for God. I want to close this part uh, with just four verses from two Psalms. The first is Psalm 56, verses three and four. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid, what can flesh do to me? And the second Psalm is uh, Psalm 121 and verses one and two. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen.